0: My name is Liana Shatova. I'm Senior Partner Success Manager with Gurdum North America, a leading global GPS tracking software provider. I've been with the company for about two years, and I work mainly with our partners in North America. Every day, I talk to my partners, help them address their questions and advise on their projects. They, in turn, share their knowledge of industry and outside-the-box approach to handle their business. Our partners are the first source of information about the emerging trends and new products. It is our partners and their business cases that inspired us to create this podcast. So I'd like to welcome you to our podcast, The Gordon Podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are healthy and safe. Thank you for joining us today. Today's episode of our podcast is about COVID-19 crisis management reflections and reactions. Now that the first wave of shock and confusion passed and businesses all over the world are trying to adjust to a new normal, my guest and I will try to analyze the first response of businesses, including the telematics industry, to the so-called corona crisis and the strategy of operating in this unprecedented situation. You might know my guest as the head of sales of Gurum Latam, however he has recently transitioned to a new role Vice President of International Strategy. Please welcome Esteban Hunt and congratulations. Hi Esteban.
1: Hi Liana, how are you?
0: I'm good thank you very much. How are Mm -hmm. you? How are things at home in Argentina?
1: I really can't complain. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be healthy and my family is healthy so that's the most important thing. Um, In Argentina, things are uh, not great, but they're not that bad either. We're having a strict lockdown, and that's been going on since March the 20th. So it's been a little more than two months, and we're still going to be on this strict lockdown until June the 8th. So um, we've had to be patient about this. We've had to learn self-discipline. But overall, I really, really can't complain, I'm in a very good place, so I'm happy, I'm happy about how things are progressing.
0: Well, that is great to know that you and your family are safe and healthy and I hope that the rest of the team in Argentina and Latin America are doing fine. Uh, we are also here in the United States on the lockdown, but states started uh, recently reopening in phases. So hopefully, we will get some f- freedom soon. Um, Esteban, before we jump into the questions related to our topic today, I would like to give an overview of the current global situation with COVID-19 and you know the most impacted regions. At the time of the recording of the podcast, globally we have over 5 million cases of coronavirus with about 7% of deaths and 40% of recovered patients. The most affected areas are the United States, Russia, Spain, Brazil. Analysts all over the world are trying now to estimate the possible impact on the global economy. However, it's too early to say um, about the projections. Um, as we know that according to Market watch, you know, as of mid of May, there is a projection of 82 trillion dollars of potential global impact over a five-year span. According to Business Insider, 500 million people are at risk of falling into poverty from the outbreak around the world. World output is expected to slump 3%, and um, according to IHS market it expects the world economy to shrink by 5.5% this year. America's first quarter GDP, the most expensive measurement of the United States economy, fell at 4.8 annualized rate. So, of course, it's too early to estimate the impact of the global economy uh, on the, you know, on on the global economy as well as on the global telematics market. However, there is some data available about the related uh, automotive industry worldwide vehicle production is projected to be down by 20% in 2020 in North America production remains shattered at at least through April China expects to limit the decline in new vehicle sales for 2020 to 12% vehicle sales in both Europe and North America are predicted to bottom out in April and May Esteban, what do you think about those statistics?
1: They're really staggering figures. When you try to understand the impact of this whole crisis in, in numbers, the numbers are frightening. For sure, every number that you have shared is very concerning. But I think that even with these numbers, it's really hard to grasp how important this is throughout the world and throughout history, actually. If we compare it to uh, other types of pandemics or crisis, we'd have to go a century back to look at something that really had this kind of impact in the economy and the lives of people. It's really something that is unprecedented. And I think that we will always remember this year. I think that it's going to be not just something that is going to um, be present in our minds because of all the uh, lockdowns and all the difficulties but it's also going to be a, a great learning experience because in one way or another this has affected absolutely everyone and in one way or another we're going to all have to face challenges to uh, survive this crisis to make it through and to mm, become stronger after this
0: thank you for this positive outlook definitely a learning experience for all of us well we're obviously not economists to discuss the long and short-term impact of the pandemic but Esteban if we go back to the start of the global pandemic in December 2019 January 2020 when Only China was put on the lockdown, and no one could see foresee the global spread of the virus so fast. Do you think that there could have been, uh, there could be some measures, um, and could the companies have done something different? Could they have had some plan to address the unprecedented crisis like this?
1: That's an interesting question, Liana. Uh, I think that. I would try to divide the companies into two sectors, the private sector company and the public sector uh, companies or entities. Uh, in terms of the private sector, I guess that it depends a lot in which uh, type of industry your company works on. But for example, if you were working on probably on a healthcare related industry you would probably have a better understanding of what a breakout of a virus in China could imply and how it could potentially uh, have a larger impact. So for those kinds of companies, for sure, I would think that they were better prepared than the rest of us who don't have enough or as much knowledge of the potential impact of how a pandemic works, and of how these dynamics uh, could affect us. So, I don't think that the private sector in general uh, would be uh, or could have been better prepared or much better prepared. I do think that the public sector really, in many, many countries, dropped the ball and could have been much better prepared. And on the private sector, there is also at least a minimum type of learning, which is it's very hard to account for every scenario. It's very hard to plan for every black swan, but maybe you could have just one contingency plan that should be for whatever black swan decides to walk through that door, right? You you never know what the next catastrophe is going to look like, but you know that catastrophes can happen and maybe that's what we should plan for in the private sector maybe we should plan for uh, having um, some more liquidity or some more uh, financial uh, assets to be able to withstand the difficulties when they come the difficult times when they come Um, so yeah I think that some things could have been done uh, and could be done but In general, I see that the guys that really, really drop the ball here are the more on the public sector than on the private sector. That's my opinion.
0: You mentioned for private sector um, companies, some sort of, um, you know, financial contingency plan, right? Um, When we're talking about, you know, our partners, right? Partners in the telematics industry, they are private sector. Um, do you think that your recommendation to have, you know, some sort of uh, financial plan can apply to them? And what else would you recommend for them to have to get ready for any type of, you know, natural disaster?
1: Well, that's a good a good question. Uh, if we have to apply it to our sector, I would say one of the things that I think that is key, and I don't know how many people really think about this, uh, are insurances. You're working in an industry where bad things happen. Cargo gets stolen, um, vehicles have accidents and things that should not happen actually happen. So we should be prepared to face these um accidents these unforeseen events and try to uh, have some sort of uh, policy insurance policy to protect ourselves in the in the case in the event of these catastrophes happening and that is not just applied to uh, pandemics or extreme cases like volcanoes or crazy things like that Mm, that do happen actually and we're in that situation because those crazy things that nobody thinks will ever happen actually do happen uh, but i think that there's even a lack of uh insight into what are the other threats that our industry faces on a more daily basis and that we should also be prepared for and i think that one of the way companies could be prepared better for these types of uh unprecedented scenarios is having insurance policies that are broad and that cover these events that could happen.
0: Well, that's a great insight actually about insurance, um, you know, about their business being insured. Now, let's talk about the initial reaction and requests of our partners. Um, I remember that the first wave of quarantine hit um, Europe in February. The states in march and russia in april so do you recall um the first reaction and first requests um, made by our partners in in your region in latin america and you know other regions europe uh, russia i can share my experience i remember that the First week in mid-March was you know kind of slow when the, the the first week of quarantine in mid-March was kind of slow for our partners um, because first of all the quarantine was not introduced in all the states at the same time um, you know some partners shared that it was business as usual for them um, some partners said that they had still you know installation schedule so do you remember the reaction of our partners all from all over the globe can you share this please
1: yeah, I remember that um, at first there was no reaction. <laughs> That's the, the funny part. The, the first uh, initial things was just news about this um, spread of an epidemic at that point, And the fear or the thought that this could potentially develop into a pandemic. But at that point it was very uncertain And the first reactions were no reactions. And then suddenly, some people started uh, thinking how this could impact their businesses. And I think that the first uh, important clue uh, that gave us the the suspicion that this could be a little larger was when they, um, they canceled a very important trade show in Barcelona that we were actually going to attend. And that was when it hit many of our partners, hey, this is serious, because trade shows are getting canceled and we could see this hitting uh, our, our business. And at that time was when we, we heard the first few inquiries and the first few questions were actually, what's going to happen with the trade shows that you have in other places, right? And we had some uh, trade shows set up for Latin America and some other places. The first few reactions was, okay, are we still going to have that trade show? Are, Are you still going to have your conference? What's going on with that? They still weren't thinking about the business. And it only hit them when the government started imposing the quarantines the lockdowns the measures to try to stop this and that's when some of them started realizing okay this is going to have an impact in my business and i think that the the understanding of how this was going to impact their business uh, evolved with time and it still is evolving it still is evolving because at the very beginning, some people thought, okay, this is just going to be like a two-week lockdown. After those two weeks, we will still be able to do business as usual and everything's going to be fine. Then when we were past the first week, some people understood, okay, it's probably not going to be two weeks, probably going to be more like two, one month or maybe a little longer. And now it's been, I don't know, two or three months and we still are not sure when things are going to resume uh, to the actual level of activity, if they are going to get back to the normal level of activity that we saw before anytime soon. So the understanding of the situation has been gradual, and I think it's not only our partners, but it's also been governments, it's been healthcare systems, um, and, every other industry that has been trying to digest the impact that this is going to have and how to react. And we're still learning about how this is going to impact our lives moving forward. And so the the reactions have been widespread and very different throughout time from asking for discounts, uh, help with their payments and things like that to seeing the opportunities that arose from this uh, from, from this situation. Many of them at the very beginning were scared and now we see many of them actually capturing business opportunities that were not there before and that came up because of this uh, huge situation. Many companies have been looking harder at their cost structures where they could become more efficient, how to cut costs, how to be more Uh, profitable and with those cut cutting costs opportunities some other uh, some new opportunities arose for our partners so it's still I would say uh, an understanding that we're still going through that we're still learning that we still have to continue digesting but the interesting part is that we haven't stopped learning from this and we still don't have the full answer but our 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 understanding of the situation has improved a lot and not just our understanding I think that our response to this situation has improved a lot so it's not Gurtam only it's the wonderful group of partners that we have the community of partners that we have that has been very active sharing ideas sharing uh, cases um, sharing experiences and through that collective sharing of information, a lot of opportunities have been harnessed and and used. So that's, that's wonderful. I
0: definitely agree with what you just mentioned. Um, and, you know, at first we were also in denial that it's going to, you know, take a lot of time. Um, and then I just remember my team's response. It was just Calling started. We started calling everyone, pretty much every partner, and ask how they were, um, it, just to to let them know that we were there for them and we're here for them still. And no one actually knew what to expect. And um, communication was really key for us. And um, while we were calling, you know, the new concept of Gurgaon meetups um, uh, came up, right? And uh, we started talking to uh, partners from all over the world, sharing information, share, sharing insights, sharing the projections, um, as well as some of the partners actually, um, you know, saw some opportunities, you're right, and uh, launched some of the uh, great projects. So that's that's for sure. Um, thank you, Esteban, for, um, you know, for your uh, opinion here. So now I'd like I'd like to ask you about COVID-19 crisis management measures that local governments um, introduced as well as Gurdum offered to uh, the partners. Um, so do you, you know, can you share some local governments' responses from all over the world? Um, maybe my colleagues from Europe shared some, you know, incentives that European government go- governments offered, um, uh, you know, uh, it will be interesting to know.
1: I think that every government or most governments have tried to step up in a way to really uh, try to um, make the impact of this crisis uh, as manageable as possible. But if I had to categorize uh, their response, there are three main categories into which you can see uh, the types of response that governments have had. One would be immediate, fiscal uh, impulse, that is all the um, additional government spending that governments have introduced to try to uh, stop or at least uh, alleviate the, the stopping of the, of the economy and the impact of the lockdowns and quarantines so that's the first thing a very keynesian measure it's additional government spending and in some cases it's also tax cancellation which has overall the the same effect if you're uh, if you're withholding taxes if you're not paying those taxes well the net effect is that you have more money in your pocket so that's what many governments have done in the us it's it's been a huge package the european union has also also been working Uh, country by country many of the european countries have introduced measures like this but there's also been uh, a second category that is the deferrals so many other countries have chosen maybe not to uh, cancel the taxes altogether but to give deferrals and to say okay you don't have to pay these taxes now you can pay them in a month in two months in three months and they have been quite lenient with that to help uh, the the factors of the economy be more productive to uh, inject more money into the whole economy and the third thing that has been done is other types of uh, liquidity guarantees or provisions that have been done through uh, other Uh, credit entities so for example other types of uh, banks have been encouraged or helped by central banks to allow extra lines of credits for uh, to stimulate production to stimulate industry to stimulate investment in uh, some segments or in the most affected areas of the economy to make it suffer less so these are the three main categories and depending on each country by country They have chosen different uh, recipes, some mixing all of those, some choosing one over the other, but all of them have tried to do something about it. So governments uh, are doing, uh, I would say, at least uh, a good job in trying to respond uh, to this uh, situation with measures that can help alleviate the economic situation.
0: Thank you for providing um, uh, this sort of synopsis of government measures from all over the world. Um, I totally agree. Um, in this case, um, you know, uh, our government, the government of the United States, they prefer the first um, uh, the first uh, option that you mentioned, um, immediate fiscal impulse. So our partners uh, applied for SBA loans, um, you know, Payment Paycheck Protection Programme. Uh, Um, as well as the second round of financing Um, and um, as far as I know um, you know all of them got the loan um, and now have some um, funds means available Um, what about the you know the measures and um, help that our company uh, Gurdum offered to our partners to support them all over the world can you please share um, your opinion about that
1: well, the first thing that we done done uh, was to offer um, a, a measure that is really, I think, that the most effective one, which was to allow every partner throughout the world to have access to uh, a module or a functionality that we call deactivation of units. Um, this was initially thought to be used for, for another type of uh, situation where some partners had seasonal units that were only used uh, in certain seasons. For example, agricultural machinery that was just used during the harvest season or or some other types of very highly seasonal units. So what mm, this functionality allows is that whatever units you have deactivated through this module, you don't have to pay for them. the truth is, we didn't envision using it for these purposes, but when this uh, happened, when we saw this outbreak, we are very quick to decide and to make a, a decision to make this available to all of our partners and to advertise this actively so that they knew that this was available, um, which is, you shouldn't pay for units that you're not getting paid for. right? we think that it would be unfair to be charging for units that our partners are not being able to get any revenue on. Uh, Besides that, we have also um, added some efforts on our side to provide more ideas, to provide more um, cases, and to provide more information on what could be done to um, take advantage of the opportunities that this crisis brought. So another thing that we did was launch uh, an app called Distance Tag. And Distance Tag is actually an app that is perfectly thought uh, to help with cases of quarantine prevention and uh, quarantine tracking. And so we are also not just providing uh, some financial aid in, in the terms of deactivation of units, but we're also Uh, providing tools for our partners to be able to get more revenue to be able to get more uh, business because that's also something that could definitely help them so basically these two things that we have offered work on two different levels the first one helps to minimize costs and to prevent paying for things that you're not using and that are not providing you any value. The second one is to help uh, partners get more value, get more income. Apart from this, we have also been working, as I said before, with uh, giving webinars and giving more tools uh, and preparing. And we're having these series of meetups that happen on a weekly basis to help our partners develop new ideas of how to do businesses in this new environment. And we're also trying to provide all this information on cases and how to be able to really extract more value of the current situation so that they can really continue doing business in this new scenario, in this new world that we're living on. But one of the things that we always like to stress and that are Really important, and that I know that not many partners uh, have fully understood or are fully comfortable with is the thing that we think that every unit that is being used is a unit that should be paid for. So if you're if you you as a partner are not being able to use all your units then you should deactivate those that you're not using because you shouldn't be paying for something that you're not using however if you're providing a service and your end user is using that service don't give it away for free I know it's a tough situation I know uh, things are tight but still you shouldn't be giving something for free because you are working to offer that service. You are working uh, to put that uh, tracking device on that unit, to make it report, to pay for the SIM card, to pay for the platform and for your own structure. So there is an effort there, there is an effort. And whoever is making an effort deserves to get paid. So we believe that every unit that is actually being used is a unit that should be paid for. And don't let your end customers take you in because things are tight, that's true, but it's not that absolutely everything has completely stopped. It's not come to a complete halt. And if we just give away discounts or free service, for everyone because things are tough, we're just doing charity and you should do charity with the people that really need charity and with the ones that are most in need. And I hardly doubt that those are the end users that are using their service because if they're using the service, if they're moving those units, it's because they have an expectation of getting paid. Maybe not in the same terms that they initially did, maybe later maybe a bit less, but they're probably going to get paid. So you should get paid for your service too.
0: Thank you very much for those um, recommendations, definitely wise financial management should be always um, in place. Now I would like to talk about positive things or silver linings in this situation. As we know, um, opportunity lies in every crisis, so um, I have a couple of questions. So. Before, um, I'm gonna jump into some opportunities for our partners. Um, so Esteban, can you please share what was, uh, what were positive things for you in this situation? Maybe you you know took up some online classes, learned a new programming language, learn how to cook. So any new skills that you would like to
1: share with us? Well, yeah, there, there's a silver lining. Um, unfortunately, I would say I didn't have as much downtime as many other people seem to have had. <laughs> I seem to have had a lot more work than, than many other people because to me, the the daily routine didn't change all that much. You know, Of course, I'm not going to the office, I'm working from home, but I would say that probably my working hours stayed the same or maybe even increased. So um, it's not that I was able to make huge breakthroughs in my life, but there were some small efficiencies that I gained not having to commute to work uh, that was uh, something that added some time to my everyday life and yes yeah, silver linings well one of the silver linings is not so much on the skills that I was able to develop uh, which I hardly can say anything I've been trying to learn Russian but that's such a hard hard language I have to say Liana. That's I don't know how, how you speak in it's with all the seven cases, accusative, genitive, and all of those crazy things. Spoiler alert re- for
0: those who wants to who want to. Yeah, spoiler uh, alert. Speak it's
1: tough. It's really tough. But regardless, it, it's not so much about the skills, it's more about the the perspective on life and what are the important things in life. And when you've been in lockdown, in a strict lockdown, like the one we have here in Argentina for for this amount of time, you start realizing what are the things that you really miss the most. And in my case, the things that I really miss the most are not the things that you usually crave for, or the things that you would say, oh yeah, I'm going to, I want to have a great job, to get a great salary, to be able to uh, do buy these things or have these trips or all these amazing and beautiful experiences. It's more about the everyday things that I miss. It's more about being able to um, see my parents and hug them or, or be with my friends and my siblings, uh, my nieces, my nephews and sharing time with them and being with them and that's really quite inexpensive for for most people you know they're just so close and with all the tools that we have even with the video conferencing tools and the phone calls and everything you still miss human contact you still miss a hug you still miss being in the same room with someone and being able to see their faces and smile and have a laugh. Um, And that is free. That is free for all of us. It's just a question of reaching out to those people, trying to make time in your life to be with them. And I think that we should all try to value that more and find the time uh, to meet with these important people and dedicate time to them, spend time to them. That's that's my my most important silver lining. It's not something that I was able to develop, but more something that I was able to realize.
0: That's absolutely true, and it always applies. It also applies to me. Um, you know, having this ability to hug someone like my parents, I've I've not seen them for quite a while, um, is a great opportunity, and I haven't uh, appreciated that before. Um, so now, do you think that there are any business or non-business related uh, opportunities for our partners in this um, pandemic time
1: yes definitely definitely during the pandemic there's been a huge shift in the ways people uh, in in people's consumption habits and um, there are lots of uh, opportunities by social distancing and also by the fear that this whole pandemic has brought about. So I think that consumption patterns that have shifted are probably going to continue that way for some time. It's not going to go away overnight. So just because uh, the lockdown uh, are, are more flexible now, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to rush back to restaurants. Many people are going to continue ordering from home Many people are going to continue getting takeaway or, or those types of options. So the huge shift in uh, the way people uh, in people's consumption in their habits is probably some of it is going to remain. And we have seen a huge spike, a huge increase in the demand for uh, logistics solutions and for the improvement of, uh, the, the use of the vehicles that are dedicated to deliveries and that kind of um, services. And the reason is, you can't increase the uh, fleet so quickly, you know, you can't just buy uh, 50% more vehicles to attend a spike in the demand of 50% or even more from one day to another. And that's the numbers that we've been seeing, it, or even higher, you know so there's been a huge spike in the demand for these delivery vehicles and for the efficiency but usually many of these used to be quite inefficient because there wasn't such a need for efficiency but now that there is a larger demand you need to be able to satisfy that demand with the resources you already have maybe you can increase the size of the fleet in one two three trucks or whatever but it won't be as as much as the spike in the demand so many countries uh, many companies in these areas are desperate to find solutions that will help them improve their efficiency and all of our product services functionality are related to that and they can help with that so those are niches that are beautiful at these times they are beautiful to explore Um, they are very very uh, interesting and i would suggest that you do not approach that type of sales just knocking on the door and saying hey uh, i have a gps tracking solution for you or i i offer tracking services because they're not going to be interested in that they're interested in the people that can bring solutions to their uh to their problems and right now the problem is efficiency. How can I be more productive with the resources that I already have? So you have to be smart in the way that you portray your services and become more of a consultant and understand what are the challenges, understand how their operation looks like and use all the tools that you know that we alone and logistics and all the tools we give you have to be able to find ways to improve their efficiency to make them more productive, to make them more profitable. And they're going to love that, they're going to love that. So that's one of the sectors of the economies that are in high demand right now, and that need efficiency. Um, there are other things that can be done, every, um, every other country is interested in quarantine tracking solutions. and. We've already talked about distance tag, so I'm not going to go deeper into that, but that's mm-hmm. a good idea to explore, to understand how it works, and to see if it could could be exploited. And there are even simpler things. So we tag can also be a good solution for that. And uh, even personal trackers can also offer an alternative solution for that. So there are a number of things that have, have already been invented that are already there and that can be exploited in this situation in this pandemic and in this context Um, finally I would say um, there's a lot that is going to start uh, recovering but uh, the level of activity as it starts to recover there's still going to be a lot of stress on the costs there is right now, and it's going to continue to be there for some time. So any company that knocks on the door of a large fleet owner and tells them, Hey, you know what? I can help you lower your operation costs. It's going to be welcome. So that's the golden ticket right now. That's where we have to focus. That's where we have to pay attention. It's not GPS tracking solution. We're not offering tracking services. And that is not the way to win in this market. The way to win is to offer services that allow companies to be more profitable because now, right now, everyone's struggling with profitability. So, if you talk about how to help these guys reduce their costs, be more efficient, those are the things that they are going to be interested in, those are the things that they will pay attention to, and that's the way that you can get. Uh, many many new units to your your service that's the way you can increase the size of your business right now and those are the strategies that I see that are going to be the real opportunities that come out that are happening right now and that are going to continue to exist for some time in the near future
0: Esteban thank you for this fruitful conversation now I'd like to ask you to summarize the key takeaways for our partners and for our audience that we have discussed today.
1: Thanks, Liana. I would say that the most important things are, first and foremost, you may not be able to foresee what the next crisis is going to be about, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a plan against it. Uh, You can have a one-size-fits-all contingency plan that should consist of insurance, liquidity, and healthy business practices those are things that can help in any crisis be be it a meteor shower a pandemic or whatever you have to face secondly communication is key it's very important to stay close to your customers to communicate frequently with them and to be straightforward also to be honest and open about what's going on in your business and how you're trying to help People appreciate that, and if you're making efforts, they will appreciate uh, it. They will appreciate even more. So that's very helpful. Um, another important point is the things that we have mentioned that Kurtam has done to help out in this tight situation. The first one is to lower operational costs. With the deactivation of units, we're allowing our partners to decrease unnecessary costs. On the revenue side, we have launched a distance tag to help our partners boost their sales. So we're helping lower costs increase sales. And then finally, uh, don't give away more than you need to. So if someone is deriving value from your service, you have a right to ask for payment in return. If someone is getting value out of you, then you should be able to ask for something in return. Don't feel that because there is a pandemic in the context. You are obliged to give away all your services. That is not the way it works. Um, so those would be the most important things. And of course, we're here with you. Gurtam is here for his partners and we're ready to collaborate, to help, to talk, to listen to what you're going through and to try to help you out with whatever specific situation you may be undergoing. So please talk to us, talk to us and reach out to us and we'll be happy to try to help you out.
0: Great. Thank you, Esteban, again, for taking your time today and joining us and discussing COVID-19 reflections. Um, I hope that you're staying safe. Thank you and goodbye.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.